Adam and I are joined by Dave Fisher, lead singer of Dio Rising, a Las Vegas Dio tribute band. Dave touches on the Dio Dreamers Never Die documentary, fills us in on his band and their future plans, and expresses why he thinks the metal community is accepting of everyone on this episode of Vegas Rocks, the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Vegas Printing, graphic design, small and large format printing, direct mail services, web design, and more. Whether you're holding an open house, need supplies for your trade show booth, or opening a new business, Vegas Printing is your source for all your printing needs. Visit VegasPrinting.com today. Hi guys, welcome to Vegas Rocks, the podcast. We're happy to welcome Dave Fisher from Dio Rising. Oh, sorry, appropriately. That's what I need. <laughs> thanks for coming. Thanks for your patience trying you. to uh, iron out our technical issues. No problem at all. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having we me. We have been delighted to be able to see you twice this in the last few months. Thank you for that. Yeah, and I have to admit, I am not... Um, an authority on metal and so I was a little nervous about you coming because I was like oh I don't know much <laughs> I don't know enough <laughs> but then I thought who better to uh, talk to than an authority <laughs> well there's well there's <laughs> no <some> metal <laughs> there's no such thing as not knowing too much I mean I th- that's the beautiful thing about this community is that we welcome everybody everybody it, you know it, it, it's it's for everyone it's for uh, for all comers it doesn't matter what brought you here but you know despite the scary outside the way it looks to you know the outside world we're mm-hmm. it's the most loving wonderful group of people in the world so yeah. so welcome aboard yeah, Ed, 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 not knowing anything that's fine you'll yeah. learn what you need to and leave the rest that's very great. accepting for sure yeah definitely <laughs> i just said for sure i said i'm not gonna say <laughs> for sure that's okay like five just, times. <laughs> if you get me saying it then. so your band do you rise yes tell us a little bit about it tell us about your bandmates okay well um we started in 2012 um which you know was not too long after we lost ronnie james dio um late 2010 mm-hmm. and um that was kind of the catalyst i hadn't I hadn't performed in a long time. I had been uh, in a band or two uh, 10 years or so before when I was in college and just hadn't played. Um, you know, I had pursued my career. I'd gone on to do something else and just kind of thought, well, I'm thinking about getting back into music. Maybe this is the thing. You know, I'm not going to write original music. I'm not going to. That's not where I am right now. Let's do this. And nobody was doing it at the time. So we decided to do that. I uh, found a like mind in our, our original drummer who was looking to do a Dio tribute. And so we said, let's see what we can do. Totally happened across the other members of the band and uh, over the course of a few months. And and a total happenstance in both cases. We just found them and they're the guys who are still with me today. And they're, I'm, it's a, an amazing group of people who probably would not have even come back to performing. Oh. And we just, we you know, we lost Ronnie's voice, a huge voice that it was. Mm-hmm. And so we... Uh, just started honoring that music and you know we've been doing it ever since it's uh you know it's weird i still think of us as outsiders uh, to the music scene because you know we were, we were all professionals doing our own thing and i don't think we are anymore but no. i mean you know and the, the scene here both the other musicians and the fans have been very welcoming i mean you know like i said it's once you see oh you're one of us then it's yeah. fine and that and that was it i mean we all came to this music the same way and we all celebrate it and hopefully we do it justice that's what we're trying to do i mean that's what being in a tribute band's about for me is is about honoring 
the songs and honoring the honoring the shared memories that we all have with them. And what what was your background? What what led you to get into music, even when you were younger? I mean, did you play instruments, or did you always focus on singing? Um, I did play guitar badly for a number of years. Okay. Um, I I was never I never had either the uh, the drive to put what I needed to into it, or probably the talent. Even I just was not that great. Um, uh, I had sung before, um, but. I don't know. I just at some point I realized that probably in the late 80s that when I was singing along with the radio or whatever, that it actually sounded good. And so, nice. so maybe this particular type of music, I have a knack for actually singing. Yeah. So yeah. then it just kept, so first band that I was in, I did some singing and in addition to my wonderful guitar work and <laughs> uh, then it just happened. And, and that's how I, how it began. I mean, I've all been surrounded by music. No. It's always been a part of my life. Okay. Um, and, you know, discovered the heavier stuff when I was probably early in high school, nice. which, was, which would have been about 88, 89. Now I'm dating okay. myself, but it's not like our <laughs> audience doesn't know that. No. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's kind of how it happened. And what, what kind of music did you guys play? In your in your in the original, original band, band, it was it was um, I guess you would say classic heavy metal. I mean, it was oh, okay. uh, we were heavily influenced by uh, Iron Maiden, which was the band that ruled my world, yes. and probably to, to some degree still does. Yes, um, but too. always has. Um, and so you know, with that, and of course, you know, all the Dio stuff, and you know, Queens are like Halloween, that kind of stuff. That was what we were really into. Nice. Um, and it you know it it morphed on. Uh, I when I started working as a teacher. I left the project, and it actually a little bit later became a an early uh, funeral doom band, actually, and oh. uh, and who actually got signed and did a little bit uh, wow. back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, which I guess it's probably good that I stepped out at that time because although I love that kind of music, it's not something I do well. Too, so, yeah. <laughs> so I left it to the ones, and they they had a change of direction. It was great, but oh. yeah, no, it was it was definitely the. Um, the old school metal type stuff. I think the stuff I wrote was very maidenly, priesty, you know, that sort of thing. So gotcha. that's that's what we did. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so you know, we brought up the the Dio documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, Dreamers never die. Dreamers never die. What did you think about it? Did you did it? I I mean, for me, I learned a lot from it because mm-hmm. you know, I I listened to Dio. I know a lot of the more popular songs, um, but I didn't know the details of, you know, all the struggles that he went through. Um, do you think that that did it justice? I mean, I feel that it did. The biggest thing is that it was an, about an hour and a half movie and you can't cover all of that material in it. Yeah. 40, uh, 50 years. Yeah, of did, material. Did, well, yeah, exactly. We're talking about somebody who started performing in the mid fifties. Yeah. And I mean, if you've had a chance to listen to anything he did before Rainbow, I mean, all oh, the the if, if we're talking about Elf or yeah. if we're talking about all the way back to uh, in the the doo-wop bands, I mean, Ronnie and the Red Caps. I mean, it it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing that this guy started when he was in his teens and did it until the moment he was no longer with us. I mean, it's it's nuts. It's a lot to cover, but I think it did it well. Um, I you know there, there's there's a thing or two that I think they could have covered in more detail, and I. Do you kind of understand why you would make those decisions? Yeah, but 
No, I think I think they did a fairly good job. I just uh, recently read the autobiography that came out, uh, oh. so and it, uh, it's very in a very similar vein to that. Gotcha. Know? So it's kind of the official story, I guess. Yeah, learning that his dad made him play the trumpet for three hours every day. Oh yes, my gosh, that's <laughs> can you I can see that. Um, yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I um I had heard about him playing trumpet before and that that's yeah it's kind of astounding I just mm-hmm. but that's but I like what he said he said his voice became his trumpet well it did I and mean that was you, a great way to to put it like, actually I I'm kind of envious I mean as as somebody who's been learning as I go how to control breath and do all the things that you need to do to preserve your voice. I'd imagine that was really good training, and I wish that I had something like that to fall back on, you know. Speaking of that, um, you might be the guy to ask this question. Some of the bands that we grew up with, Mm -hmm. you know, that are performing now, a lot of the lead vocalists are struggling. Mm -hmm. Did they do something wrong when they were performing when they were younger? Is there something they could have done? Do you mean struggling with their voice? Yes. Yeah. So not able to, they're not like able they to sing. To. Yes, yes. I mean, I think it's that's going to vary by the artist. Just the I mean, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I think that there are certainly, certainly when and you know we know this from our experience that when you're younger you think you can do anything and you're you don't think you you know you the rules don't apply to you and sure you know what you should do but you don't always do it. Yeah. I mean, as a guy who's approaching fifty and and singing this music, I know that I have to do certain things. I mean, you know, to the point that I'm almost a jerk with it. You know, I can't drink this before a show. I can't eat this before a show. I can't, you know, okay. things like that. I have to make sure that I get enough sleep and yeah. you know all the little things you don't think of. And you know when you're 25, you don't do that. Especially if you're 25 and on the road and being provided with right. with all the sex, drugs, and rock and roll you could possibly drugs. want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, there's. I'm sure that it's got to be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, but then again, you know, you look at. Um, <laughs> I, I, I well, I mean, even look at Ronnie himself. I mean, I, I remember uh, hearing him say multiple times, "I don't warm up." Uh, to me, I couldn't possibly do that. If I don't warm up, I'm not going to do it. Wow. And I know there's no way. And he said, no, I don't warm up. I mean, I'll just, you know, I'll, you know, have a couple of beers before the show and go on stage. I'm, wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you know, well, the, what do us humans do? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, so that's part of it, I think. And, but I've, I've heard others. I, I, I don't remember who it was. I, I don't want to falsely say who it was, but some singer in a, in a big band, I remember him saying that his secret to his, to his being able to hit the falsetto was Marlboro Lights. Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Opposite of what you Okay, that's think. exactly not what you should be doing to your voice. But, you know, that's... Uh, so So I don't think there's any one answer for anybody. But I do think that, you know, as time goes on and you keep you keep working it, you know, it's like anything else. It gets better with time because you get, you know, muscle memory, okay. but it, but you also, it's, it's a muscle and you stress it out. True. And so I can certainly imagine that years on the road would do that to you. Yeah. You know, I don't cast any aspersions on anybody who wants to do something to help themselves out. You know, some people get really uptight when people drop a key so that they can deliver the oh, song like they didn't yeah. used to. And a lot of bands do that and you probably don't even notice True. all the time. Um, which is, you know, that's fine. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, if you, yeah, people who use teleprompters, people who use backing tracks, as long as they're not your, your lead vocal, then I don't, it's what you need to do it properly. I mean, you're, you're there to deliver 
your performance. And so yeah, we, I, I don't have any problems with that. We've heard some complaints about some of the people that do covers mm-hmm. um, here in town. Oh, well, they use a you know a backing track for this. Well, yeah, there's five guys on you know on stage, and you don't see a keyboard playing. It, they want to create the music, you know. So right, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, what do you want out of this? And I and I can't speak for everybody, but for us, it's been whatever we can create with the people we have on hand and as close as possible to the original reverential, not necessarily. I'm not mimicking the voice. No, I don't think anybody else in the band is mimicking the performances of the people they do. They're just playing the songs properly with a little of their own flair. And that's, that's what we're going for. I mean, and certainly some tribute bands try to be completely authentic and do it right. That's fine. That's, that's, and I appreciate that, but that's never been, what we're about and you know and we don't use backing tracks but i don't have any problems when people are going to you know i find it really funny all the people saying well you shouldn't use a backing track okay then you're also going to be the person who's complaining that you don't hear the five-part harmony behind the lead vocal or who or it just seems empty yeah because there's no keyboard here or no third guitar or something yeah that's yeah, be careful what you complain about. Exactly. They don't know the, all the, you know, the secrets to making the show what it is. You right. Know, so. and, right. Exactly. And <laughs> I mean, if if I can't deliver it, I'm gonna not do that. Yeah. Uh, but but that's again, that's a choice you've got to make. You got to figure out what you want to deliver and how to do it best. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I got two questions for you. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite Dio song? Oh, and then, man. is it different from the your favorite to sing? Okay, I knew you were going there, and I <laughs> and, and and you would think that I would have prepared this. Wow. Okay. Well, because I noticed it when we saw you at Vamped, mm-hmm. um, and again, I know the quote unquote popular Dio songs, right? And you brought out something. I don't even remember what it was. I bet you I know. And, and you know, I'm going, wow. You know, I, I got to look more into this catalog because there's a lot of stuff I missed, you know. Yeah. So. No, well, and that's how I was, too. I mean, remember when we started this, it was just we were fans. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we, of course, started off. I mean, obviously, when you start a D.O. cover band, you're going to have to play Rainbow in the Dark. You're going to have to play Holy Diver. We knew that from the start. Yes. There's a couple of Sabbath songs. If we did not do Heaven and Hell, we would have things thrown at us. And right now we would have, we can't imagine playing a show without it. Yes. But, you know, but beyond that, yeah, the, I've discovered a lot of these things. And we're, we're still discovering it. You know, that's, we have people ask us about, will you play this song? Well, yeah, but there's so many things to choose from. We don't, that, that we haven't gotten around to that one yet, right? Um, so let's see, favorite. Well, it changes. Okay. Um, I mean, I would have said years and years and years ago, probably the last in line. I mean, it's a it's a favorite, but it's 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 an absolutely solid song that just does not get old. Yeah. Um, uh, I think some of the Sabbath stuff is among my favorites, though. The Heaven and Hell album, um, Heaven and Hell, Neon Nights, uh, Children of the Sea, which we will get back around to soon, I'm sure. Um, and some songs we haven't played yet. Hint, wink. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there's there's one we've been toying with for a while. But the fact that we now have a keyboard player in the band. Yeah. Perfect. Well, we might get there. Perfect. Um, and, yeah, and then, then the bassist is going to yell at me for saying that. Uh, but um, because, you know, just play the world's hardest bass line for four minutes straight. There you go. Um, but yeah, so um, there's that. Um, but like you said, there's some that sneak up on you. Now, my favorites to do live are 
some of those more obscure ones. Okay. Because they're the one, and there's two songs I'm thinking of in particular that we always, always play. And we do that because of the way we play them and the energy we have together. I, and it, and those songs are Evil Eyes and mm-hmm. Kill the King. Okay. Mm. Kill the King especially. Uh, that one was, I, I mean, your hardcore Rainbow fans who were probably a few years older that. than me would have known that from the start. I came into that one late, and the first time I heard it, it absolutely blew me away. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Okay, I want to know more about this. And that was probably in the early days of this band, and I then we started playing it soon after that. But the thing about those two songs is that the energy that the five of us have together the vibe is the most strong on those songs and we feel like we can accomplish anything it's like if i'm if i'm struggling having a a long night and i can't sing anymore and i feel like i am just worthless okay i get around to evil eyes at the end of the set and that has some of the highest notes that i sing in the whole thing okay and I can pull them off because there's just the energy, the fuel of going you, through that do you song. Think the whole band there's something that? about that. Or is that something that you guys well, I, well, we about all feel. Mentioned? I think we are all firing on all cylinders on those. Yeah, that's okay. the and that's the thing. It's and it's and it is the five of us. I mean, if we have a situation where there's a substitute, it doesn't gel like that mm. on those songs. Mm. And uh, but those those two just stick out to me as I look forward to them every night. And of course, they're among the hardest performances. I mean, Kill the King is up in the stratosphere and stays there. Okay, but. I don't mind doing it because it's just it's so damn fun. <laughs> so the, the, yeah, those are those are probably my favorites live right now. But uh, you know, would, it'll it'll change. And would you consider that one of the harder songs for you to sing in his library? Um, probably. I mean, I it's it's weird because everybody approaches it differently. I struggle with some that probably others don't, and oh, okay. and and things that people have difficulty doing. I probably do more easily it's just it's i guess my voice versus their voice right or or my lack of complete lack of training against their their formal training who knows right it could be anything but um but yeah no i mean well and i'll be honest i don't think there's that many easy dio songs (laughs) and 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 let me state (laughs) this is not just from me the singer this is i most Every everyone's parts are from not a musician simple. standpoint yes. too. Okay, absolutely. Okay. I mean, if I did not have that blessed group of four guys with me that that are just so perfect for this music, it wouldn't work. Gotcha. And it's not about me. I mean, you know, it was. I mean, and I think Ronnie was very much like that too. It's even though his name's on the project, it's it's about the band mm-hmm. and the five people we have just do this together very well. I, you know, individually, are we as good as, I don't know. I think we're better than the sum of our parts. Yeah. I think we're all very talented, but um, it, that sounds arrogant, but you know, they're all very talented and I'm okay. No, uh, but no, but, <laughs> but together short. it works, <laughs> but together it works. Right. And that's, that's it. You just need the right dynamic. Gotcha. Well, let's talk about that blessed group. Okay. Let's do it. You have, Ma- is it Massimo? Is Massimo, it yes. Massimo, Massimo Provenciali, our guitar player, yes. Okay. Our lead guitar player. Been and with us from the start. He's, uh, I, I was browsing your website. Mm-hmm. He's an engineer? Of some yes, sort? that is correct. Cool. Yeah, we're we're all, um, as I kind of mentioned earlier, we're all professionals who started off doing something else. Three of us are in education. He is an engineer. And um, actually, it's funny because I mentioned, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't play music really for a while before this. And Massimo was no exception. He had played in some bands years ago. So yeah, he hadn't played in a while either. And 
of all things, I I was going to see um, an early version of Dio Disciples, the um, the one of the Dio bands, the official you know with the with the people who were in the band, and um, standing at the top of the stairs at the Hard Rock, um, at the the Hard Rock uh, Cafe on the street, yeah. and uh, we're standing there waiting, and hear somebody in front of us talking about, you know, yeah, I really want to get to playing again, but I nobody's wanting to play this kind of music. And, and and just this weird thing happened where I wasn't listening to somebody else's conversation, but I heard that and I'm going, hmm, I'm putting together a Dio band. Interesting. Let's keep talking. Excuse me. What do you play? Play guitar. What do you want to play? Dio. Hi, I'm Dave. I'm Dave. I'm Massimo. <laughs> and that, well, that's honestly how we met. Wow. And, and really um, cool. <laughs> a couple of weeks later, I found out that he was not just some average run-of-the-mill guitar player that... He could really throw down some amazing stuff, nice. and I'm like, okay, we've got it now. <laughs> and so, yeah, there was total accident. That's crazy. Total accident. So that, yeah, that's uh, that's how we found each other, and uh, you know, that was back in late 2012, early 2013, somewhere around there. So, gotcha. Still, still with it now. And your drummer is <coughs> ah yes, Jeremy Marinick. Yes, uh, is uh. We call him the baby of the group because he's only been with us nine years. But um, but, um, <laughs> but um, yes, uh, Jeremy is a ridiculous percussion god. I mean, very versatile. He uh, has drummed for just about everybody or played with just about everybody. Every style of music you could possibly imagine. I mean, there you know, there's nothing more humbling than watching your drummer from your tiny little band playing with the who as a percussionist you know oh, like I, that was that was kind of mind-blowing mm-hmm. um and he's played with uh andrea bocelli ryan our bass player who i'm sure we'll get to in a moment uh, also mm-hmm. has um you know it's like you know just all of these ridiculous you know all the, the touring shows orchestra pits anything anything and uh just phenomenal player um and we're very privileged to have him just a just a great player that was when that was when the band just really clicked in high gears finding that original four oh, and of course okay. we found our fifth later but, yeah so we'll get to that yeah and ryan is also a teacher yes, yes um that one uh, almost as weird of a story as with massimo um <laughs> i uh didn't really know ryan we had worked in the same school as each other for oh. a couple of years and uh, we're sitting in a staff development day uh, way back then when we're when i'm still trying to find and we still didn't have a bass player we you know had a couple false starts nothing happened and I and just for whatever reason, I'm not a social person. I don't do things like this. I see he's wearing an Anthrax shirt, and I'm like, nice. "Well, okay." And I know he plays music. I'm like, so I'm putting together this Dio cover band. Uh, do you know anybody who might be interested in playing bass? Because I, I was grasping at straws at that moment. And he just looks right back at me. He says, "Yeah, me." Nice. That was that, and uh, <laughs> here we are, and that, and that's how it all happened. Perfect. So, yeah, that's, uh, then that that was our original four, and. Uh, and then the Jedi Master Chris. <laughs> yeah, there. The, we went for a number of years with uh, as a four piece, and uh, you know, I didn't, you know, love the keyboards in the music. I just didn't know that we needed them. Yeah. And we tried a couple people, and you know, they were all great musicians. Just didn't mesh with the band. Didn't it? Didn't really work. And at one point, Ryan mentions, "What about Chris?" And uh, Chris had been our boss for a couple of years uh, a while back, uh, and. And assistant principal over us at the time. And uh, I'm thinking, yeah, I know he's a great musician. He plays this kind of music? Okay, sure, what? Sure, just that we'll have him in. 
And, you know, within 10 minutes, we knew that was the guy. And, uh, of course, then, you know, he turned out being an amazing guitar player, an amazing uh, keyboard player. He's filled in on bass for us. I mean, yeah, it, you name it. And he wow. can do anything. He's a very serious jazz musician in this town and phenomenal with what he does. So, you know, it's, yeah, man, yeah, it's, it, it's insane because these are five people who should not be together, who should not be meddling around in this world and yet when we do it works so do uh you had mentioned that you don't have any formal training do any of the other guys have any formal i i well i can't really speak for them because i don't honestly know i do okay. know uh i do know ryan and jeremy definitely are both coming from the from the classical music world with lots of training and they oh, so they, okay. they've got all that um chris i would imagine does as well i'm i would say the wild card the, is probably massimo because uh, I don't know if he has or not, uh, but I assume he's like I am, which is that combination of self-taught and then a lot of hard study, mm-hmm. yeah. where you know you just know what you want. And, and most guitar players, I think, are like that. Guitar players and singers, we tend to be, yeah, I want to be that guy, and so what do I need to do to do that? Yeah, and I'll take my skill set and move toward that. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's I, I have a suspicion that's what he's done. If if Maz, I'm sorry if that's not real, <laughs> if that, but. But uh, I, I have a feeling that's probably it. So, I mean, that's what it was with me. I mean, I you know I sung in you know like school choruses and stuff, and you know, I, you know, but never really worked it as an instrument. And then you know, what you do as a singer and what you do as a metal front person are quite different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and it takes a lot. I mean, um, I've always said that there's a difference between a lead singer and a front man. You know, um, you did an amazing job. I mean, you. you guide the crowd. You get them going. If you know, if you see any lull or anything like that, uh, you really know how to how to keep the crowd going. You. you know, so connect like a connection. That's right? the word I was yeah. looking for. Yeah. Well, that's key. I mean, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, the, this music means something special to probably everybody in that room. Yeah. And it may be different, but we all have that common access point mm-hmm. and and if i can get them to connect with that and just live in the moment have a good time you know we live in uncertain times we always have i mean that's True. no different than ever but if we if, if we can just have that moment and all realize that we're here enjoying this for the sake of enjoying it that we may not know each other we may not even agree with each other or whatever but we have this common thing that holds us together that we can both appreciate Let's live in that moment. Let's yeah. enjoy that. And that's what I try to do. I mean, that's what I think the job of a front person is. Yeah. Is to, you know, go beyond just standing up there like a wooden figure singing the song's mm-hmm. note perfect. I mean, you know, I'll miss some notes, but if I miss some notes, then I'm going to also give you the right, you know, give you a show. And that's the yeah, and, the and, idea. We're all humans. The biggest part of it. I mean, you know, I can foresee it too if, if a person can be the most amazing vocalists. But like you said, if they're standing there stiff as a board and they're not doing anything, mm-hmm. it, it you know everyone's going to feel that. So. Well, you also have the opposite, too. You have the one who tries too hard and tries to do Absolutely. everything. And you, you don't... Yeah, that's what I try to control. <laughs> the hardest thing for me is maybe you shouldn't move around so much, you know, which you, that's that it's... I guess you that's my, that my little bit of theater training from back in the oh, day okay. that comes back where I'm like... There's got to be a purpose for everywhere you go on stage. No, well, yeah, there is, but then <laughs> the music, music takes you and whoops. Yeah, okay, exactly. I know, yeah. but for someone in the crowd watching you do that and to see how 
it just like it just it just takes you over that's that's the plus for us to watch that like to see you loving what you do and you enjoying yourself make someone like me who's not 100% obviously familiar with Dio and his mm -hmm. whole history that that's what that's what soaked me in like that's what i was like okay this like i'm on well right we want chart. to i mean and and that's the nice thing about doing an artist like this is that if we do some of the you know the ones that there's a thousand tribute bands for you know your kisses your iron maidens your stuff like that you know that generally that audience knows exactly what they're getting in for yeah but you know we're going to get people who don't know Ronnie James Dio or maybe they when they sit down and hear us they catch a song or two they've heard before but that's all they know exactly yeah. and that's perfectly okay i mean i've had people who didn't even know we were a cover band talk to us afterwards who just happened to be where we were playing mm -hmm. and you know thought they were original songs i'm like well you know that's very gracious of you but i didn't write that <laughs> uh, but but that's the thing but that's that's kind of what our job is is to you know the music is what we're there for so if we can make that connect with people it's new to and people that are that grew up with it or you know we can access those memories of the people who have them yeah but maybe we're making new memories with other people i mean it's that like i kind of said earlier it's you know we we all come to this kind of music from wherever we are and it, it could be unintentional but we're there mm -hmm. and when we get there we want to have a good experience and so that's what that's what we're hoping for so whatever your exposure is yeah and and, and I am so thankful that you guys do what you do because we are too. It's really a I lot mean, of fun. You know, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, like Dio himself, not, you know, being around anymore, we will never get a chance to see him again. Um, you know, some of the other people that do multiple covers, um, you know, you get a little bit of everything, you know, in one show. Um, and against, Maybe some of the people that they're covering just can't do the job they used to. You know, they're mm -hmm. a lot more younger kids that, you know, have the energy. So you can kind of feel like what it was 30 years ago, you know, mm -hmm. when the original bands were playing. So, yeah, thank oh, you yeah. very much. Well, and thank you. And you're right. You do get some of those who have never had the chance. It As we get older, we you know, everybody who ages goes through this. We, we realize that that we don't really remember how long ago some of this was. And, you know, to me, you know, we lost Ronnie almost 13 years ago. I know. And, you know, that is, and, and you know, I mean, I was very privileged to see him not long before that. Okay. Uh, the, la the last American tour that he was on with Heaven and Hell. But, you know, how many people haven't had that opportunity? And so you take up basically anybody who is 20, 25 years old, not a chance that they've seen that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen a few younger folks at our shows and yeah, I know they've never had that opportunity mm -hmm. and so that's that, yeah that's a really cool idea I mean it's daunting to take on the mantle of such a giant but you know I mean, yeah, I mean you, people have said oh, we do it okay yeah well that's true but you see but you see that that's the one thing that that's the common trait I've noticed with singers. Yeah, is that is that we're sadists. We abs sadists, masochists, whichever whichever one's appropriate. I always get them confused, but but we're we're both. And and the, you know because you ask us if if singers are in these bands. I mean, like I think of all the regular cover bands I've been in. You know, we go in and we're like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I want to do some, I want to do some 
Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Dio and Queensryche and Halloween and Emily and what where are you going to get the breath for this where are you going to get this is the hardest stuff I could pick yeah I'm not going to go out there and say well you know I love I love Motorhead I don't really want to go out and sing Lemmy God rest his soul I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't care about that so much I just you know I I, I want to sing the stuff that makes that's that's a challenge I guess I don't know. Yeah, sometimes I don't pull it off, but most of the time I do. So that's okay. When you were talking about younger people, I was telling her a couple days ago. Uh, there's a gentleman that's working on one of my off-road vehicles that I have, and he was born in '93. Staggering when you see that, and you see these full-on adults I, who were born when you yeah, were an adult. And I'm yes. going, oh okay, yeah, you're making me old. I have former I, students who are in their forties <laughs> now. I know. Yeah. I said, I told him, I said, oh man, you're making me feel old. I graduated in 90. And he was telling, telling me a story about, he had just moved into this house that he's at right now. And he was saying that his neighbors were complaining because his music was too loud. And he, you know, I, he says, I don't really like the modern stuff. I like more of the classic rock of like the late eighties and the nineties. I'm going, oh my god, uh-huh. classic rock to me was seventies. Oh, yeah. you know? oh no, classic rock ended somewhere around yeah, you know, like early Aerosmith or something for for yes. uh, for us. Yeah, but no, I've and yeah, the very. I mean, I remember the first time that I heard Def Leppard referred to as classic rock. Mm-hmm. I wanted to throw something at somebody, <laughs> but then ten years later, I heard Nirvana referred to as classic rock. And there oh, you go. My. <laughs> but but they're not wrong, and it's kind of, it's frightening. I mean, just it, seeing the labels change like that. True. But true. Um, oh man, it, it's funny you mentioned that he, that uh, his neighbors are complaining about the music. A funny little story on the aside. <laughs> um, you know, here I am in my late forties, and I've never had the cops called on a band that I was playing in for rehearsing oh. too loud. Until a couple of years ago, and it was not in Rising. This was in another uh, project I was working on at the time, and it was it was just hilarious because here we are, all these musicians in our forties and fifties, and just like teenagers, that knock on the door comes and we're like, man. And, and then that, then I started thinking, it's the first time this has ever happened That's to you. Cool, That's actually. so cool. I'm so metal. Well, you guys are so metal. Well, <laughs> and, and the most metal thing that happened was 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 that the drummer asks the officer but how does it sound (laughs) (laughs) that was was, was the best thing i've ever seen i wish i had the guts to say that (laughs) and it it was great you know it was but you know and and i guess you know we had the wisdom to deal with it like proper adults Adults. and and, uh, everything was fine but that was just so funny i couldn't believe that i mean you know here i lived through my all my teenage years not having done all that stuff and what am i making up for it now yep yep but that's okay i don't mind something's (laughs) got to keep you young something has to keep you young you might as well make it some of the good stuff true um you you brought up nirvana yes what what was your opinion or what is your opinion of the end of hair metal the beginning of grunge okay um that's a great question i do think in some ways it was responsible the onset of grunge would have been responsible for the fall of hair metal but i think the biggest thing that broke hair metal was that it got so excessive and and it got to be a parody of itself and the record companies ran it i mean honestly the record companies put out a bunch of crap that's a good point yeah it became a parody of itself right i mean you know well and this is coming from somebody who you know i was first really getting into this music about 88 89 so that was when it was about starting to happen yeah and 
you started seeing, you know, the, and, and the thing is, I can tell now, because if I listen back to, to, and I mean, I don't really always use the term hair metal, but I mean, if I listen to those glam bands of that yeah. time, yeah. And, and that I listened to then, I realized some of them really hold up. You know, some of them are just the, as fresh now as they've ever been. And then some of them, you're like, this Not was so just second rate garbage. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was okay at the time. We just didn't know. It was kind of like the, you know, the the 80s version of the boy band. Right. You know, make and, them pretty. And, they don't have to be that talented. Right. You know? Exactly. It became more about the looks. And, you know, I mean, that's yeah. that's always annoyed me. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, you know. And I, I think they brought that up in the documentary, too. Mm-hmm. How, oh, yeah. You know, and... Dio was never like that, you know, so... Yes and no. I mean, if you look hard enough in the... About the Dream Evil era, there's some... uh there's some stage costumes that you'd have to pay We're me a whole lot of money to repeat. <laughs> um, yeah, but... But, not, yeah, they, were, they, they never did it as much as the others. And, you know, the big thing is I see that people villainize grunge for that. It's not their yeah, fault. They didn't do that. Uh, they, they played the music that was honest to them. It shared some heavy ancestors with the music we liked. Yeah. And I mean, you know, at the time I liked Nirvana and, and Pearl Jam and all those, those bands. I mean, the, you know, they weren't my main thing, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. And, you know, still to this day, I hear that stuff. It's it's good for what it is. And, and it's, you know, it's not my main thing, but it's good. That's that's a good way to look at it. Um, well, I was I, I'm, those, very, I'm very I big into not those... everybody. You like what you like. Mm-hmm. And if that's not for you, great. Tune it out. And that's not yeah. for you. And let somebody else I mean, enjoy they, it. They, they basically invented a new genre of music mm-hmm. they had to have been inspired by something something they, like they had to have there had to have been music they had loved right that oh was i feel nothing like, like that that still inspired them i feel like we all listened to black sabbath and we all listened to some punk and we just took it in different directions mm-hmm. we took it this way they took it that way yeah and that's fine <laughs> so yeah i mean that's you know I, and and i mean i've done I, you know I, i'm an academic i'm a geek i do i've done some you know low-level research on this stuff and and it seems like you know there's a lot of common ancestors there's a lot of things that you know it's just different people interpreting the same sorts mm-hmm. of things in different ways okay okay but i mean and you know I've, you know, like i said i'm i've never been a fan of villainizing other people if you know if there's something i don't like then just don't that's listen just to don't it. listen to it right yeah oh there's there's some stuff that i love that you you'd probably be shocked that is <laughs> uh you know but that's you know that that's it. It's what it's what we like. Yeah, for me, I am not a country music fan. And you see, I grew up with some of that. And I mean, honestly, it's funny because I recall having a, a really intense conversation with some of my um, uh, with uh, some of my uh, bandmates from another project. Yeah. Uh, and just out of nowhere, we started talking about like Barbara Mandrell. And I'm like, where did this come from? And oh, why gosh. do we both know this? <laughs> you know, and, but we both did. And we, yeah. you know, it's the weirdest thing. But um, I had something brilliant to say and I just totally lost where I was going. Uh-oh. That's the thing about this age. No, but um, yeah. It's called part-timers. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, now I know what it was. Okay. Um, <laughs> Another singer um, from a band around here uh, who we'd played with many times said something to me about my vibrato on my voice. And, you know, that's never something I consciously thought about, really, what it was, where it came from. It's just the way I sing. Okay. And then when I started thinking about it, I said, you know where it comes from, don't you? And he's like, no, I have no idea. That is 100% 
Kenny Rogers. Ooh, I is wow. not, and I mean as much as you know, Jeff Tate, Rob Halford, Bruce Dickinson, Ronnie James Dio had to do with my voice. Yeah, being a young kid listening to Kenny Rogers with my family probably influenced that because that's where the uh, yeah. comes yeah. from. That's where that I mean, and it's just that's how I sing. Wow, and I but yeah, it, it, it's astounding, but it somehow fits with what I do. Gotcha. Gotcha. We've all got different corners to the story. True. <laughs> and yes, there's plenty of country that I do hate as well. But, well, but just, you know, it depends on the era. Anything 70s country? Love it. You see, that's the thing. Up until there's a, there's a point where I draw a line. Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, like Leonard Skinner, that's about as country as I, I ever want to get. That's, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. But, you know, and that's and it's all about, you know, where you were when you encountered it, you know, and where and that's some of what I grew up with. So that's that's a yeah, part of me. And she grew up with it. I never yeah. grew up with it. You know, mm-hmm. my parents listened to the disco, you know, and then it went into soft rock, you know, when I was a little kid. Oh, so, well, I mean, and those things stick with us. I mean, even, you know, like um, you look at a band like Ghost. You know, I mean, you know, there's there's a band that, you know, when I first listened to them, I heard Merciful Fate. I heard uh, I heard the Beatles, you know, I heard like a lot of little different stuff. And then now they've kind of turned into ABBA, but they do that really well. And I'm oh, like, yeah. OK, you know, it's like it's it's weird hmm. because, you know, there yeah, you mentioned disco. I'm like, I hear some disco elements in this metal band. Okay, and I and I know they're very polarizing. I know there are a bunch of people like it, it, you, again, whatever, whatever you like, whatever. And but it works for yeah. them. And that's it's one band though that I I was almost scared to listen to because I was like, oh, that's another one. Like, where what they... are they talking about being the clergy? And these guys sound strange. And then I listened to it and I was like, I, and I told him I was like, you have to listen to these guys. This is it's beautiful music. I the the I imagery really of that band does not match. It does not match. I. I don't, I don't think. think. I mean, I, I think it works very well, and they're geniuses. Yes. But I, <laughs> but I, I, I quite yeah. enjoy them. Like that's yeah. something well, yeah. that I thought he should give. You should give them a chance. Yeah. I, th- I think the you. best way I ever heard them described was um, somebody, and I, I don't remember where I heard this, but they said that they were kind of like a cross between Blue Oyster Cult and Merciful Fate, with a little bit of the Beatles and a whole lot of Satan. Oh, <laughs> and, it, and it really is because it's kind of like you know this is you know not the music where the dark lord should be showing up so much, but okay, cool, all right. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to fit, but it does. Sorry, I will be busting out Ronnie Millsap and Conway Twitty. Oh, Millsap is a god. See? Oh, thank That's you. That's what your buds are for. <laughs> it's, on, it's on vinyl. We're gonna listen to it. <laughs> Millsap on vinyl is even better. It's time to have some daydreams about night things in the middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which oh, is still one of the greatest gosh. lyrics in the history of ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I have country songs going through. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to derail the conversation with that. <laughs> so funny. when you guys um, decide you want to do a new song, mm-hmm. what's the process and how long does that take you, you know, or does it depend on the song? Well, it depends on the song. It depends on other things too. I mean, we, um, you know, we don't do it as often anymore. Yeah. Um, and of course, now I think we have an opportunity. We're going to probably bring in some new stuff. Okay. Um, just because you know, since we're relearning most everything that we forgot when the world stopped, um, but it, it does vary, and it kind of varies. I think just based on where we are or how often we've been playing together during a given period of time. The difficulty of the song matters. You know, okay. there's that one song I mentioned before, which. Yeah. 
you know, I, I won't say which one it is, but it was a single that we don't yet play off of the Heaven and Hell album. Um, okay. But that one's been banging around for years, and eventually we'll get to it. And it's main. I think it's just you know when we can put the time into it to do it right. Okay. You know, it has to be done right. We're not going to do anything halfway. And and what is that timeline? I mean, not down to the minute, but it, does it take weeks, months? Well, I mean, we're not we're not a band that rehearses all the time regularly on the same schedule. I mean, we I certainly re- rehearse regularly to get back together as a group before a show. Yes. Um, you know, bef- before these this last series of shows, we were playing together most weeks, so m- once a week usually in pretty thorough rehearsals. Um, so if we were to introduce a new song then it would take about I'd say, you know, usually if we practice every week, it's probably about a month's worth of rehearsals to get it passable and then another two or three weeks at least to polish it and make it feel right feel right. like for okay. example we, we brought in mystery for uh the for this last couple of shows which was a song we thought about and hadn't really done it and actually it was the whole reason that happened was when massimo and i first got together after the pandemic uh to kind of brush off the dust yeah we for some reason ended up playing mystery and hungry for heaven and we had never played either of those songs okay and so we said okay well let's think about those and we we worked both of them and it was just a matter of mystery got ready in time and 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 it and it fit the rest of the songs we were doing for that set, so we put that one in. Mm. Hungry might still be hanging out there. We'll probably work it a little more. I think it, you know, it, probably for that one, a couple more rehearsals if we want to throw it in. There's a there's one of the later Sabbath songs that we have a little bit more work to do on, and I think we'll may have that sounding to where we want to do it. Okay, but yeah, it's it's hard to pick which ones because yeah, um, you know sometimes people say, well, you know, we'd love to hear you play this. And we take some, you know, we we have a we, we have a uh, a poll up on our website, but you know, they haven't had a lot of traffic on that because you know I don't know even who goes to the websites anymore, you know, unless you have a purpose to be there. True. You obviously had a reason to be there. Thank <laughs> you. Um, but uh, but you know, we're interested in what people want to hear. But then there's also you know, you think of the dynamics of creating a set. We have usually about an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, sometimes a little less, to tell the story we want to tell. Yes. And we have to do certain songs and we want a mix of things. We want to balance, you know, you have to think about things like we can't do all up tempo. We can't do all low, you know, all these slow prodding songs. We, you have to mix them up. If there's ballads involved, you don't do all of them. You do little bits and pieces yeah. and you mix them up. Right. And then you think about things like we, we think about tunings so we don't have them like changing guitars every song. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. And so, so it, you just try to find what works and, you know, so you try to find the right spot for it. And we kind of have these little puzzle pieces we can stick in where we want. You know, I mean, you know, we think about yeah, it. We only have like a handful of opening songs. And true. Stuff like that. True. Yeah, because I've seen that with other bands where, you know, they sing a real popular song that's high energy and then they drop the mood with something so slow. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Case in point, two, two songs that we would love to do that are... Among our most requested, probably our most requested songs that we haven't played, "Sign of the Southern Cross" from Black mm. Sabbath, and um, and uh, "Stargazer." Rainbow. Okay, both phenomenal songs. "Stargazer" is nine and a half minutes long. Now it is probably the iconic. You know, wow. this, when you think of the band Rainbow, that's the song. Yeah, you yeah. think of the best thing Ronnie ever put on record with his voice, probably that song. You th- Cozy Powell's ridiculous drum work. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. all there. You want that. It's a nine-minute song. We've got an hour to tell the story. If we do that, 
that cuts out Why two didn't songs. you play Heaven and Hell? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you do this? That makes sense. And, and not only that, you know, I love that song, but there are some points where it's, you know, it's very artsy. Yeah. And like, you know, I was very into prog rock at a certain time in my life. But, you know, sometimes the progish stuff that you like as a musician and you love as a musician and it challenges you. That's, you know, that's when people decide they need to go to the bathroom during your show, yeah. you know, or go to the bar. And we're there to entertain them and we got to keep them going. So, you know, I mean, Sign of the Southern Cross is a phenomenal song. But I have a feeling when we finally do something with it, we're going to take a part of it and mix it into something like a medley or something. A medley of some because, sort. Yeah, it's just because it's slow and doomy and brooding. It's fantastic. But, yeah. you know, there's going to be some people who've never heard Dio before who are going to be going, what the hell is this? So, you know, that's... <laughs> so it, it's a tough selection. And then sometimes you do the ones that, oh man, I just want to play that. That's so fun. And you realize that you don't share that with the audience. We have a song oh, or two that we've done a time, a time yeah. or two and we're like... That's a great idea. Let's not do it again. Let's not do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, uh, the other thing that truly amazed me out uh, watching that documentary is Dio's perseverance. Mm-hmm. I mean, watching that and see him getting screwed over and screwed over and screwed over. I'm mm-hmm. going, oh, my God. And, and you know, he, as they said in the, in the documentary, he had the love of the music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it really shows. I, I, I could not believe. I mean, it, it does. I don't think there's anything right now in my life that I could get knocked down over and over again. I'm like, OK, I still want to do this. There's you know, a point and, where you stop. Exactly. Yeah. You know, what was that point? I, I, he never had that. So. Right. And, and, you know, that's another reason that I'm very resistant to taking sides in this uh well first of all i have no personal interest in it it's not about me yeah but in the uh the the i maybe you say ongoing thing between uh ronnie and the family and vivian campbell yeah which you know is certainly a thing that that could have been covered a little more in that documentary i mean i think we all would have liked to have seen it i think we also all realize there's probably reasons they left that out uh, that, yeah. that and and quite frankly there's not a lot else they should have left out everything was there yeah. And worked, yeah. And it was a better story told that way. But with, um, but I'm I'm not going to take sides on that because you know you're absolutely right. He got kicked down so much that if you had the negative experiences with the music industry, which I think a lot of people did, yeah. If you had those experiences, you'd probably be guarded in what you did. You'd probably be very careful about things. You'd probably trust people a little less. Yes. And I, so I, I could certainly see. Both sides of it from those guys. Mm-hmm. I can see that they're probably. It seems to me like, from as an outsider, like a situation where you've got two people who are probably both a hundred percent correct. Yeah, they're probably right. You don't have somebody who's wrong here. It's just the, you know, and then you add to it the, the heat of being together for so long. I mean, uh, you know, that's I've I've be never tough. been in a band that's had to tour, but I mean. I love those four guys, but if I had to live with them every minute, they'd probably hate me and I'd hate them. I mean, that's yes, natural. That's natural. And every little thing would get on your nerves. It's, um, and I can only imagine that you, you do that. And then you add in that some of them were very young and, and some of them were very experienced and thought they knew the voice of experience. And, you know, then you probably got lots of drugs and things going yeah. around and it's like, I can see how that could have gotten out of hand pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, I, why, why don't we just say, uh, yeah, that that that's in the past. <laughs> but you, you're right. I mean, uh, perseverance. Do I have anything I would just fight that hard for? I mean, 
uh, other than my loved ones, no. Yeah. I, 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 other than it. my family, I don't think I would fight for anybody or anything that hard. And I'm sorry if I keep squeaking your chair. That's the wonderful thing about leather boots. Leather boots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these, leather are, <laughs> these are fake leather, but... <laughs> I believe these are, too. Uh, and, but, yeah, I've had them so long, I honestly don't remember, but I think so. <laughs> so what's the future look like for Deal Rising? Uh, just keep doing what we do, what we're doing. I mean, these these recent shows have really reinvigorated us. Um, I think they have helped us in showing that the people who were there for us before the pandemic are still around. Nice. They're still hungry for what we do. Yeah, we have some very loyal fans. And the thing is, I, I I find that really hard to even say out loud that you know anything I do has fans. But yeah, we kind of do. And these they're great people yeah. and they 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 love what we do and they follow us and it's fantastic and we're gaining new people i think that you know i i believe you said the first time you saw us was the soul belly show yeah right yeah so that was you know our first show back or our first full-size show back and yeah we're just we're we're, we're thrilled to be playing the stuff we love it we're re-energized um the I'm really interested in playing with the big group dynamic. I mean, we only got to play a couple of shows with Chris before everything happened. And so we're still kind of playing with our new toy and that we have, you know, somebody who can play the keys, who can play the backing guitar parts we've never had before, and who also can just start to shred for no apparent reason when we need it. And so I can't wait to see what we do with it. I, I guess it's too many good choices and that's yeah. the thing but um you know we're out there we're uh we're always looking for bookings i'll be shameless about it if you are in charge of booking any venue Hit we're up. here yeah. absolutely yeah we're very do, easy to find lasvegasdo.com and uh we even do private events and actually we have some of that coming up which i found very interesting I'm, oh. i can't wait to see how that's gonna go yeah <laughs> um well uh keep you posted on that but, do you guys uh, do any traveling would you consider we that? have considered it we've not done it yet we're actually we are talking about that now um yeah. uh, the more that we talk with some of these california bands that come out here mm -hmm. we're kind of realizing that there is a place for it you know obviously with us all working day jobs it's a little difficult yeah um to do anything extended but you know we're also fortunate to live in vegas where it's a day's Pops drive easy yeah i mean we played one show in utah a few a few years ago um which was unfortunate that we had to reschedule it and ended up with a not not one not wonderful experience with that i mean the venue people were and the people who did show up were great but, yeah you know it was just one of those but that was our one extent of travel. We played uh, we played Cedar City once. Nice. Um, but um, but no, I'd ab absolutely love to get out. I've been thinking that probably the California circuit and you know maybe a few other things. But uh, do a couple shows on a weekend and come back and do the, your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, Sherry and I. Uh, we were there. Um, my aunt lives in Irvine. Okay. We took my mom to visit her sister, and. They're doing sister stuff, talking, and we're like, okay, well, what are we going to do? So she gets on the phone. She gets on Facebook, starts looking at events. We found this venue called Stages. Okay. Actually, I think I think that's one of the ones I've heard of. Yeah. Yeah. It's very mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. The, the best idea, because they had, what, five bands or something I like that that night? five bands that night. But they have two separate stages. Okay. So while one's playing, the other one can set up. There was no downtime. All we did was oh, turn 90 degrees. Turned our bodies a little bit. There's and a band there. It's it like was, a festival, but in a small bar. Exactly. That's awesome. Great. Oh, yeah. that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And I, I mean, we I've been to Southern California a whole bunch of times, um, but this was kind of weird. We, we 
bring it up on Google and are we in the right place? <laughs> we were in an industrial park and I mean, it's a pizza joint and this bar. Hopefully uh, they've got a venue signed up now. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know where yeah. we were yeah, going. But. <laughs> it, it, it said a pizza, you know, a mm-hmm. pizza name on the outside. We start talking to the people and oh yeah yeah that's the stage just okay 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 (laughs) i i remember a few uh venues home in virginia that were like that and uh actually we we played at one out here that was a little bizarre at one point uh we did a few shows back when um babes the strip club decided to do to have a rock bar as well and it was so it was the weirdest thing that you'd walk into the front door and it's strip club to the left Rock club rock to the club. right. <laughs> and so, you know, you go and you choose which way you're going. And I, I don't know if how many people knew it was out there. I mean, we got decent people, decent amount of people to show up at the shows. But it but it was just the strangest setup. It's it's almost like I didn't know that there were that many strip club rock club combos out there. Yeah. This is just weird. But And it was great. Management was great. The crowds were good. It was a fun place to play. But... That's weird. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's strange. But no, the the California shows we'd love to get out there and do that. We're the biggest problem is that you know when you do a band like this is that you kind of tend to self promote. You know we don't we don't work for big promotion agencies. I mean we do have a couple of people who will book for us and who yeah. do that. But you know they have multiple clients and so and you know that's nice. And we 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 just started recently with another that actually has a pretty decent outreach. But you know again that's you know people have to be looking for it. You know True. there has to be a market for it. So you know we'll get calls from the people who want this sort of thing, and so that that's fine with us. Okay. Uh, it's just, it's just hard to cold call i'm not gonna you know take a month and go out to socal and start going to excuse me do you need a dio band i mean i'd love to do that if i had infinite time sure yeah, i'd do that yeah. if i was younger i'd do that <laughs> but um but so hopefully hopefully so good good well i think that wraps it up for us thank um, you so much for coming thank you for having me you're an amazing really appreciate guest it. Thank um you. we'll have all of his social network uh, linked in the bio for the uh, YouTube video. Um, you said Dio Rising. No. Dio. Las Vegas Dio. Las Vegas Dio. Las Yeah. I guess that's it. Okay. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I am contractually obligated to do this for the camera one time at least. You, um, you know, you can't be in a Dio <laughs> band without practicing your horns. And so, yes, thank you so much. It's a real pleasure. All righty. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, come on, how are you feeling? Thank you very much for having me out. You're going to have to take a trip. We're going to go a long way with you. Heaven.
Rocks the Podcast is hosted by Adam and Sherry Martin Del Campo. This has been a Total Design Studios LLC production.